Welcome to the AI Hustle Podcast, the podcast where we break down the latest in AI news, tools, and interview experts helping you hustle and do more using AI. If you've been following the podcast for a while, you'll know that over the last six months, I've been working on a stealth AI startup. Of the hundreds of projects I've covered, this is the one that I believe has the greatest potential. So today I'm excited to announce AI Box. AI Box is a no-code AI app building platform paired with the App Store for AI that lets you monetize your AI tools. The platform lets you build apps by linking together AI models like ChatGPT, MidJourney, and Eleven Labs eventually will integrate with software like Gmail, Trello, and Salesforce so you can use AI to automate every function in your organization. To get notified when we launch and be one of the first to build on the platform, you can join the waitlist at AIbox.ai. The link is in the show notes. We are currently raising a seed round of funding. If you're an investor that is focused on disruptive tech, I'd love to tell you more about the platform. You can reach out to me at jaden at AIbox.ai. I'll leave that email in the show notes. ChatGPT is no doubt an incredibly powerful technology. People are using it for anything you can imagine. But that still leaves us with the question of what ChatGPT can't do, right? It can do all these incredible things, but what are the areas that it struggles in and what are the areas that it is not very good at? So in today's podcast, we are going to dive into that. And I would say that just right off the get-go, one of the most significant limitations of ChatGPT is its lack of true understanding. So ChatGPT has been trained on a large amount of data. We all know that from the internet, right? Um, but this does not mean that it truly understands the meaning of the words and phrases it uses. Instead, it's pretty much just relying on statistical patterns in the text to generate responses. Um, this is how the transformer model that it is built on operates, um, and it can sometimes lead to strange or pretty much nonsensical responses. So for example, ChatGPT might generate an answer that seems to make sense, but when you really look at it, it becomes pretty clear that it doesn't actually understand the question you asked it, um, and it sometimes just makes up a response. So another limitation of ChatGPT is that it can be biased. So whether that is um, for a various number of different things, the text it was trained on was a collection from the internet, which means that it can reflect those biases that it was trained on um, and spit those back out. You know, we call that garbage in, garbage out with data. Um, when you're training AI models. So if you have bad data there, it can uh, it can create bad outputs. ChatGPT is also limited by its lack of context. So when um, generating text, ChatGPT does not have access to external information or content. And so that means that it can sometimes generate answers that are not relevant to the question or task at hand. So for example, it might generate a response that is based on outdated info um, or it doesn't really take into account recent events or developments. That's something that's kind of hard. So to overcome this, some developers might need to integrate ChatGPT with other technologies that provide it with additional context or information. And something very interesting um, coming down the pipe right now is with the Bing search integration, right? Uh, we all know that Microsoft invested $10 billion into ChatGPT. And because of that, ChatGPT is going to get integrated into Bing search. Um, to be kind of like a competitor to Google. But what's interesting is people are saying, well, two things. Number one, people are saying that it's GPT-4, so that's like the next version of ChatGPT that's going to be released. Some people are already in the beta and are already testing it out. And I've seen some pretty incredible screenshots of um, people actually showing them, asking it questions about, you know, for example, someone asked it uh, about someone's someone today's opinion on a specific topic. 
and it actually used Bing to go search the internet and find links and sources to what that person's opinion was on a specific topic. And when it gave the response, it used ChatGPT to generate like the natural language response, but it, it used Bing's integration to actually cite the sources of that person's response. Um, in addition, I think it was GPT-4, so it was even more powerful of a response. But, you know, if you really want this thing to be powerful, I think it's going to be integrating with other software and tools um, to go and make this thing a really robust uh, system where not only are people getting responses, but they're also getting um, sources for those, spons uh, for those responses. And um, by doing that, you know, G Bing is able to provide information for things that are happening right now, cutting edge stuff or, you know, news that is happening recently. I have also seen people show screenshots of like, you know, saying who won the Super Bowl, um, you know, the day after the Super Bowl and it, it wasn't able to, Bing wasn't, the Bing chat GPT version wasn't able to do it. I'm assuming this is something they're hopefully going to get fixed so it can uh, get stuff up to date. But it is important to know, you know, it's not like a all-knowing source of current information that's, you know, obviously trained on information in the past. And so uh, that is one of its limitations that people are going to have to work around. So it's also pretty limited by its training data. Um, the, like the data that it was trained on only really represents a specific snapshot of the internet and it's not going to, uh, it's not going to really reflect the full, um, the full amount of opinions and experiences that are being posted on there. So it's not always going to generate responses that are representative of, you know, different countries and cultures and, um, you know, OpenAI is working to address some of those limitations, um, and so they're allegedly they're trying to increase the diversity of the text it's using for training, but it's still an ongoing challenge. And it kind of um, also inputs other issues, right? Uh, when they start to, I don't know, when they, when they are trying to cherry pick data that it is being trained on or highlighting, it just gets pretty tricky to see, you know, what really is uh, the accurate amount of like data. Like for example, if they wanted to train it um, using more data from people from India and sharing their experiences like that could be fantastic but it's like what level of their those people's experience do you put in versus other people's experiences and um, trying to get it to output something representative of different people is kind of tricky like you know it, it makes you wonder like would you almost create like a chat GPT trained off of you know French internet everything on the French internet so French people are getting things that represents their culture because it was trained off of content that they created right like are we you know, um, just feeding everyone over the whole world, sort of like an American version of the internet. Um, and then, it, yeah, so it, it just brings up a lot of questions. People are going to have to figure that out. Um, and obviously different cultures believe different things, have different ways of life. Um, and so, yeah, making that reflective for everyone is potentially, I think, something that's going to be um, important for these kind of GPT systems in the future. I mean, you even look at like China's creating their own. Obviously, that has all of its own red flags, um, having the Chinese government uh, get their hands into like an AI because they can they can add their own biases and their own things that are sketchy. Um, so yeah, it'll just be interesting to see how the this affects people geographically um, because yeah, there is definitely people with different cultures and viewpoints, and uh, this ChatGPT is pretty much trained on um, a lot of English speaking uh, viewpoints exclusively. So another limitation ChatGPT has is it's not really capable of performing certain tasks that require a high level of expertise or specialized knowledge. 
Um, so for example, it's not going to be able to diagnose a medical condition or perform complex mathematical calculations. So while ChatGPT has been trained on a really big range of text, it may not have the level of expertise or specialized knowledge required to perform these tasks. Um, what's interesting about this is number one, it, it's like a large language model is trained off everything on the internet, blah, blah, blah. It, it's really good generally doing a lot of things. Obviously, people have tested this thing on math. It's terrible at math right now. But in my mind, that that's, there's no way that someone else doesn't go and just create like a really good GPT that solves math problems. Like it's a calculator. Like, I don't know, like even Google, when you search for like um, math problems in like common, uh, common text, like if you just say, hello, Google, what is 17,000 divided by 400 times 99 plus 42? And you just type that out, like Google can respond, like its search engine is a calculator. There's no way that ChatGPT doesn't get that glitch figured out. Um, or someone else just makes another uh, AI model that ChatGPT can just API into and pull off of. So I, I believe that the math problem is going to get fixed on this. Um, and as far as diagnosing medical conditions, something very interesting out of Stanford, they, cre they created something called um, PubMed GPT, where essentially they trained one of these GPT models on all the uh, medical research papers that have been written. And it was pretty impressive because it was actually pretty good at diagnosing people um, with different, you put the symptoms in and, you know, like a 40-year-old woman who's white, who has these conditions, uh, what might she have? And it was pretty good at diagnosing. And Stanford actually said, um, if you want this to get even more specific and even more powerful, the solution is to train AI models on specific areas. So like specifically training an AI model on like heart disease, heart conditions, or brain problems. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think that honestly, the medical side of it is going to be big in the future. There's no way that someone doesn't just figure out how to fine tune and train models for specific areas. We have a lot of data and uh, information. Um, it'll be interesting to see how those how those models go, if those things also get API'd into programs like ChatGPT, um, or if those will be their own standalone things. Um, you know, you, you got to imagine at some point, there's just too much specialization and there's just gonna be a lot of AI models that are really good at specific things. So yeah, I don't I don't see any version of the world where those problems don't get solved, but currently it is definitely a limitation. So another, uh, I guess, problem you could say with ChatGPT is that it can be vulnerable to malicious use. So for example, it can be used to um, generate emails to help hackers that are trying to do phishing attacks on people um, and spam people can use it. So, you know, obviously there's um, things that it's, you know, ethically there's problems that there's, you know, they're trying to put safeguards in place for those kind of things to prevent malicious use. But there is there is definitely uh, those kind of problems they're struggling with. I would say one of the final limitations to ChatGPT is its cost. The technology is still relatively new and it can be expensive to develop and maintain and also just run it. Like the servers in the background running this thing there's a reason they had to five years ago get a billion dollars from Microsoft and then just recently get 10 more billion dollars from Microsoft um, because they're spending this all on computational power. I actually read somewhere, I was listening to someone that said they, they tried to do the calculation and they think it costs about 30 cents uh, per response from ChatGPT, which is like massive when you look at like a Google, I think per search on Google, the all the servers and everything that it costs to bring you that result costs about three cents so it's an order of magnitude bigger um, and they said that they got to really get the cost down however um, I was talking to a friend recently who said that uh, 
they're expecting the computational cost to be cut in half uh, every year for the next few years. So apparently they are going to make this thing a lot more optimized. You know, that would be like 30 cents next year or uh, 15 cents next year for response and then 7 cents the year after that and then 4 cents. And so, I mean, you can see in like three or four years, this thing might be comparable to how much Google is costing um, when they're running their stuff. But, you know, there's a reason they had to raise $10 billion from Microsoft. This thing isn't cheap. And I think right now they're letting it be free, some versions of ChatGPT, um, just to really maximize all the data they can collect and to really fine tune this thing to be really powerful. So wrapping up the podcast today, I would say it's a pretty incredible technology that we have with ChatGPT. It definitely has some limitations. Um, so it's just important to, to know what those are so that we can better use it to really maximize what we're trying to do. It's an incredible tool for automation. And I see this being a really powerful tool for a long time in the future. If you are looking for an innovative and creative community of people using ChatGPT, you need to join our ChatGPT creators community. I'll drop a link in the description to this podcast. We'd love to see you there where we share tips and tricks of what is working in ChatGPT. It's a lot easier than a podcast as you can see screenshots, you can share and comment on things that are currently working. So if this sounds interesting to you, check out the link in the comment. We'd love to have you in the community. Thanks for tuning in to the AI Hustle podcast. If you could do us a massive favor, we would really, really appreciate it if you could leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. This helps people find the podcast. It helps people know this is a good place to go. And we would really, really appreciate it as it helps us continue to bring on incredible guests and share incredible content for you to listen to.